This recording is an offering of Networks for Training and Development's online university. Hi, I'm Tracy LaPreziosa, and I'm here today with Rose McAllister, and we are going to kind of give you an idea of what's happening with our Adaptations for Living uh, team as far as networks goes. And I've only been with networks since 2017. So I kind of jumped in to uh, the AFL team or what was the Technologies for Independence Control team at the time when I joined. So Rose is going to give us a little bit of history about how this all started. Hi, everybody. So yeah, our interesting, like many things in life, sometimes you get involved in something you never saw coming, you never imagined. So trying to give the Cliff Notes version or the short version of our history with becoming involved with assistive technology and all kinds of adaptations and accommodations to help us all live a little broader, more full of life, more independently. We started a project in Northeast Philadelphia Networks for Training and Development, that is. We started a project upon request from a couple of parents. It was in Northeast Philadelphia and it became known as Career career Net. I almost forgot for a second, Career Net. And it was um, in conjunction with the Philadelphia Office of Vocational Rehabilitation. And again, a couple of very well-known, very spirited um, parents who had kids who had been at the forefront of um, the special ed law and um, getting even into special ed and classrooms and education system in the Philadelphia area. And now their so-called kids were adults and they were in workshops and we'd been doing a lot of work, networks that is, regarding supported employment and helping all people work. And these parents came to us along with the Office of Vocational Rehab and asked us, what about our kids? And can you help us? And what if we started a neighborhood project? And after lots of discussion and thinking and planning and scheming and all that, CareerNet was born. And so we had a handful of folks that we were supporting through CareerNet. And all of them, frankly, um, had, well, I would say not all of them, all but two had um, unknown communication strategies or ways of communicating. You know, they were known to be nonverbal and non-communicative. And here we were trying to start a project with them, not just their parents, to try to figure out what they wanted to do with their life, what they wanted to do each day and to help them connect better in their neighborhoods and be of assistance to others, et cetera. And how are we gonna do this if we couldn't figure out how they communicated? So we brought in different people to assist us to try to figure things out with them. And sooner or later, some of our consultants started pointing to us and saying, you guys are doing a better job than a lot of these other professionals. Why don't you just hang out your shingle and help other people figure out communication? And what our big secret strategy was, not so much plugging people into devices and things like that, but getting to know them better and recognizing the what we started calling their native communication, the language that they were already using. And we started with simple yes and no. How was this person? How was Tracy? How does Tracy tell you yes and no? And family members, people close to Tracy would oftentimes say, Rosa, Tracy can't say yes or no. We'd say, yeah, but how does she show you that she likes something versus doesn't like something? 
How does she let you know that she's happy versus not happy? Aren't they versions of yes and no? And people started, oh, that's easy, started telling us. So from that kind of simple premise, we started exploring, excuse me, with these folks at CareerNet, the different ways they were communicating. And we were hearing, quote unquote, not just our ears, but hearing all kinds of language all of a sudden, all kinds of things that they were telling us as we were watching more carefully. So again, with a push from some of our dear consultants um, in the field of language and communication and all of that, they started pushing us, you, you know, you guys are doing a pretty good job with these folks. You should start teaching other people what you're doing. So we kind of started trying to teach other people and show other people what we were doing. And we started having some really interesting successes with that and started becoming known. And then we realized, you know what, we really need to get more training for ourselves. As I said, if we're gonna play with the big boys, we gotta be a big boy ourselves. So a number of us started taking classes, it was in the early days of online classes and things like that, virtual training. We started going to conferences that were previously for people who were maybe speech and language pathologists or other people involved in communication. But we also started looking at not just communication stuff, but adapting other things so that these folks at CareerNet had an easier time and were more independent, whether it was in the bathroom or getting dressed or getting in and out of a car or what have you. And we started looking at all kinds of different, what's known in the world as assistive technology and started making stuff ourselves and adapting things. And one thing led to another. We all of a sudden started getting kind of known for doing creative things and our assistive technology services kind of got started. Now, this is a long time ago, um, probably 20 more years ago um, that this occurred and it has been growing over the years. Um, again, some of us continued our trainings in-house. Um, some of us got certified as assistive technology professionals. Um, I started teaching a course at Arcadia University. I designed and started teaching a course based specifically on our experiences and helping other people figure out assistive technology, communication strategies, accommodations, adaptations with students and family members, you know, whether they were having more difficulty being independent in life because that's something they were born with or something that they acquired through age or accident or illness, whatever. And it's kind of grown from there. And our titles have kind of changed a little bit in our service area from assistive technology and communication services to technologies for independence and control, and now adaptations for living. But it's just kind of growing and growing and expanding the who we're working with and what we're doing. And Tracy, you joined us, actually, you and I became involved together assisting a student in my old local school district. Yeah, that was over 20 years ago. <laughs> so if that was over 20 years ago, so we started our journey with CareerNet. See, I'm really bad with time. Everything's like 15 years ago to me. It must have been 25 years ago, something like that. Yeah. Yeah. It was back in the late 90s where I met Rosa and she was called in, as she had said, that people were looking for support for people with communication issues. And uh, the school I was working with reached out to networks and Rosa came into our school and 
trained me, trained some other people on how to help this person to communicate and how to help this person be your best self. And um, it was really quite amazing. And I just really started to, my brain started going like, wow, this is a whole different way of thinking. Coming from an occupational therapy background, there was like, the wheels were just turning. Like, this is a really cool uh, group here. And even after that, you know, that student had graduated, I maintained contact with networks for over the years. And then recently joined in 2017 to be a part of the team part-time. So um, Mm -hmm. again, because there's just so much that networks does that really, really hits home with me as far as the adaptations and communication and assistive technology, having been, having worked for almost over 30 years as an occupational therapist, because that's what we do. We, you know, we do a lot of looking at the person and figuring out whatever it is that they need to do to be more independent in their work, their play, their leisure, and to have everybody have a level playing ground. And that's kind of how networks is there. You know, we want to level the playing ground for everybody to be able to participate and to be included in everything that we do. And, you know, currently, um, the adaptations for living where, you know, where you are, I guess we call more person-centered, really looking at the person. A lot of our consults come in and we, you know, we might be asked to help them with communication. We might be asked to help them with some other uh, type of adaptation. We've had some sensory questions. We've had some accessibility questions. So whatever it is that someone's looking for, they can come and that we meet together as a team and we, you know, talk to the person who needs the assistive technology. They are the main person of the team, not just their support people. They are the main person. They're the person we want to talk to. They're the person we really want to listen to and find out what it is that they need and what, how they think they might be able to do it. Because a lot of times People on the outside have ideas of how things should be done, but it's that person who's really going to use that adaptation who really knows what it is they need and if they're going to use it. So it has to come from that person. So we really look at who is the person? What is it that they need to do? Who are they? What are their strengths? What do they like to do? Interests, talents, and use that when we're looking at what it is they need to do and how they might be able to do it. And we do it for basic life things, activities in the home, leisure, work, adaptations at work. Um, The AFL has kind of buddied up with our employment team to work on assistive technology and on on the job. So we're kind of working with other teams within networks, but it's really using a person centered approach and then training that person and training teams on how to utilize the strategies that will best match that particular person. Absolutely. And I think for me, you really hit the nail on the head that the idea that I mentioned this, but you really stated it clearly that it's all about the person and it has to center around the person. And while the the request or the referral might come in from the school district or from an employer or from a parent or from a team or from whomever, the reality is if we just base it upon that, it's probably not going to work. And, you know, proof is in the pudding. How many people that we go out to see, people will say, oh, you know, yeah, they have this device or this thing that's in the closet, but 
I don't even know what it is. And it really didn't fit the person or maybe it fit the person and what they really wanted and their needs and all of that, but nobody around them really understood what it was about or saw the importance of it or even how to fix the batteries or charge it. So, I mean, that's so common. People have all kinds of expensive stuff. Um, and yet if it really doesn't fit what their desire is and what their need is and who they are, um, you know, I, we have tons and tons of stories um, from somebody, a very good friend of mine, who I remember at one point, you know, we asked, why aren't you using this thing? I thought this would really work with you. And she said, because it's blue. And we were all kind of like, Tris, you're laughing. But <laughs> it was kind of like, say what? Because it's blue. And she said, I hate blue. We're like, oh, we can fix that. What color do you want it to be? Silly us. We never thought to ask. Or those that are using some kind of a device that has a voice. Oh my gosh, I remember this one gentleman who was my age and his mom, he lived with his mom who was quite older. And he or she had recorded her voice on his device to speak for him. So whenever he wanted to say something, her voice came out. He was a man who was like in his 50s and his mama's <laughs> voice came out. And she wondered why he didn't use it. <laughs> so it was just, you know, how many people have things. I remember another one, one of our, our friends from CareerNet. I mean, she would take, I'm laughing, but it really wasn't funny she would take some of the pieces of her communication system and hide them in the bushes outside of her house. Like, I'm sorry, but that's clear communication. You know, it's like, I remember me ditching my boots in the bushes, you know, going to school because I hated them. That too was clear communication. So, you know, we sometimes don't give people the benefit of the doubt that they should choose the color or the voice or the whatever but it's got to fit them or it's just not going to work. And people around them have to understand how yeah, to use it and all that. We don't want to be told what to wear or what to do. And <laughs> nobody wants to be told that they have to use this particular piece of equipment. You know, it has right. to be their choice. If the choice comes from within, there's going to be a lot more follow through and success with whatever that may be, whether it's a device or an adaptation or a modification to the environment, changing the color, changing the way you do something, they have to be involved in the process to make so that, so that it's theirs. It's not somebody else's being opposed upon them. It's theirs. Absolutely. And it's got to fit with what they really want and need, not what we think they want and need. Like every parent on this planet probably wants their child to be able to tell them, I love you. you know? <laughs> and yet, does every child necessarily have that at the top of the list of things that they need to say? Mm, not, maybe not so much. You know, every parent wants their child to be able to tell them when they're in pain for obvious reasons. But does every child necessarily want to do that? So the funny story with the gentleman whose mom's voice was on there, on his device, when I asked him, what do you, you know, like in private, she had left the room like, like, don't you ever want to just say to somebody, get out of my face? And he started laughing so hard, he started choking. So I said, do, do you want to say something? Do you want to have something like that on your thing? He was like, <laughs> like nodding his head. <laughs> and I'm like, okay. And I'm just guessing, do you want it to be a guy voice? <laughs> you know, he was like very clear. 
So my son, Michael, who's our webmaster, Mike Landis, he recorded various things for this guy on his voice. And guess what the very first thing was? Get out of my face, literally. And his mother was horrified, horrified. <laughs> something's wrong with this device and something's wrong with him because he keeps hitting this button, she said. <laughs> you know, obviously that was an important statement at the time for the guy. And when we helped her understand that and see that, she I think it was the first time that she clearly heard her son, to be honest, 50 some year old man. So we have tons and tons of stories and yeah, really fun stuff that we do. And Tracy, you've become such an amazing part of our team. Even before you were officially part of our team, we always thought of you as part of our team. <laughs> and when we had the opportunity to hook you in and get you to work with us, it's been absolutely amazing. It's been so wonderful. where are we going? Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, it's been wonderful to be here. And where are we going? Well, it just seems like recently we've been getting a lot more requests for accessibility. So maybe that's a direction we're heading. I know this year we have a project kind of in the works for looking at accessibility, different parts of accessibility in the home uh, to help people be more independent. And we've, I've had some requests in the past about different sensory modifications, which is something that we I guess hasn't really been done that much in the past. Um, I've done some trainings on sensory modifications for people for networks, but uh, that's also something that we can consult on, uh, helping people to be more comfortable in their skin, be more comfortable in their space uh, due to different sensory hypersensitivities, under-processing, whatever, um, that we can help them be comfortable because it's not only about being independent, it's also about being comfortable with what you're doing. And that's a big piece of it. But we are also um, looking to interview people who um, use assistive technology because we'd love to hear more stories from people who use assistive technology, how they use it, what they like about it, what they recommend about it, how it's helping them, how they chose it, just to get their story on their different pieces of assistive technology. Um, so if you know anyone who would like to tell their story, you can have them get in contact with us, but we really want to draw in more uh, people to share their stories as far as assistive technology goes, because we can all learn from hearing stories of other people. Absolutely. Absolutely. And we also have an app and on our app um, and an online university, we have various trainings and for all our different service areas and definitely for our AFL, we have a number of different things. We have a book that's coming out shortly, some stories from some folks um, that we've been involved with um, that have we've helped some staff and family members, employees, and others uh, regarding communication and some of their stories of their journeys and ahas. Um, we have, as Tracy mentioned, a couple of new series, a couple of new ideas and things that we're going to be doing. And they are located on our website www.networksfortraining.org um, under our online university and our app has a lot of these things both free and uh, paid membership available for people more to come lots more to come what else Tracy anything else in closing I don't think so uh, we have a lot of things coming up a lot of new things that will be you know coming up available on the app and on the online university. So keep your eyes and ears open, uh, watch for emails, watch for social media posts, because that's where you'll find out about it. Absolutely. 
Awesome. Thanks, Tracy, for everything. Thank you, Rosa. Okay, bye. Bye. Thank you for listening. We hope the information provided was helpful. Don't forget to stop by our website and take advantage of all we have to offer. If you want to be kept informed of upcoming events, subscribe to our channel to be kept up to date on our future programs. Click on the link provided in the description if you wish to receive emails about our upcoming events and offerings. 